Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case, and welcome back. And Trevor. Trevor, it's Super Bowl week, which means, well, many things. Mostly one is that it's literally the greatest thing you can watch in television in the history of mankind. That's right. That's right. And every year it gets better. Does it? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe but, not. But, last year uh, was a little bleak. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to hope so. Yeah, no, you're right. It's easy to forget last year was kind of a one-sided game. And if you weren't cheering for the Buccaneers, it was a rough game mm. to watch. Uh, <clears throat> that... I, I was cheering for the Buccaneers, so it was really fun. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Uh, the goat always prevails, as they say, except for this year. And uh, in <laughs> yeah. about uh, 10 of the other 22 years he, he played. So, speaking of the goat, and I don't want to say that word any more times. So, if you need to get it out of your way, Trevor, if you need to get it out of your vocabulary, please say goat as many times as you like right now. Goat. Okay. Um, how about how about the goat? <laughs> Tom Brady... Um, calling it quits. What did you think of the, uh, well, the way it was handled, first off, uh, and the subsequent sort of retirement uh, announcement that he put on Instagram, and or through a press release? What is your opinion? Yeah, uh, so, it, I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, somebody scooped the story, and then his dad said that it was unsubstantiated, I think is what he said, and... Uh, Turns out to be extremely substantiated. Just you know, it, it was, the story got scooped. Mm. Um, but uh, I think he put out like a something like a five-page uh, post uh, of announcing his retirement. Um, I have not personally read it, but I sure as heck heard a lot about it. How could you? I mean, yeah, yeah. Not- notably, that he did not mention. Well, that's. Uh, I think it was mentioned afterwards, but the fact that it wasn't mentioned in the initial post, I think, uh, myself included, uh, felt very butthurt about. <laughs> Being a uh, New England Patriots fan uh, and uh, lover of everything red, white, and blue, so I, I was I was right. sad to see, but not surprised considering the way it ended. And I think his general uh, disdain for that organization <laughs> following the the fallout, which you know, I think was. Um, sort of petty, however, uh, justified to some degree, you know? Well, and, and it's easy to forget sometimes that, that he's just a guy, uh, especially now. And, uh, you know, you, you can't help but think that had he, I don't know, won the Super Bowl this year and retired or played another season or two, uh, you know, put the uh, animosity that lingered from his time in, in Foxborough a little further in the rearview mirror, it might have been handled differently when he did uh, put together a retirement announcement. So, uh, you know, in, in its context, it's not that difficult to understand. Um, I, I've heard it compared a lot at the time to how Peyton Manning did it. Uh, you know, and when Peyton Manning retired, he actually flew back <coughs> to Indianapolis to to uh, announce uh, a huge crowd there, um, or address a big crowd uh, of of Colts fans. So, two very different ways to handle it, and the obvious comparison: them both being great and uh, winning Super Bowls with different teams at the end of their career. <clears throat> so, 
but you know, it's uh, it's definitely the the end of uh, one of the most epic eras in in modern sports. Um, it's it's never going to be the same again. Never going back again. That's a Fleetwood Mac song. I'm sure we're going to get in trouble. Yes, yeah. I'm, a, I'm familiar with the Fleetwood <laughs> I, I, the Mac. Fleetwood Mac. I, I'm sure we're going to get in trouble copyright-wise with that. But it was worth mentioning, and if uh, Stevie Nicks listens, then why would I be upset, right? So just bring on the listeners and feel free to right. pass it on to the rest of your hippie friends at your age of swift age. Of, I'm sure over 70 now. But nonetheless, um, I liked, uh, you know, I, 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 I like the idea that he's going to come back. You know, he's like, never say never. I'm like, why even announce a retirement if it's going to be never say never? Of course, that's how it always works. And he literally said he, he's not right. going to stop well, playing until he heard, sucks. Yeah. His words, not mine. But, yeah. No, I, and I've heard that uh, I've heard that brought up uh, here and there. You know, uh, the emotions that these players go through every year can change a lot between, you know, a few weeks after your playoff loss and having a little bit of time to recover physically and emotionally from the season. And you just see things a little differently than where you thought about retiring. Maybe, maybe you're not so sure about retiring. And, and so it's, it is not too late for things to turn around. Uh, maybe he goes and wins the Super Bowl with a third team. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, um, wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back in training camp and just shows up at the beginning of the season, Brett Favre style. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, right. honestly, um, <clears throat> it, <laughs> it's probably just probably just like a, a, a reason that Giselle can move to another city. You know, I mean, like in Miami <laughs> or the Bay or something like that in California. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not trying to throw under the bus. However, obviously his decision is based upon, like, her liking of him being home. And just probably, I would have to imagine, you, how long do you have to live in Tampa to, like, dislike it? Like, there has to be a honeymoon phase. It has to be I brief. I have no idea. It has to be very yeah. brief, you know? And, um, listen, it's not like living in Boston was, like, anything to, like, write home about. But Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. There goes all our Florida listeners. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just can't help. Hey, I... I've not been to Tampa Bay. I hear really nice things about Tampa Bay. The barbecue, uh, the water, the strip clubs are supposed to be legendary. So I'd like to, uh, I'd like to, to, you, you mentioned nothing about their culture. I, I just did the, the trifecta of Tampa Bay. Well, there you go. And, and it was heavily featured in that, that show with, uh, what was it? Eastbound and down. So heavily featured. F in Tampa, if I remember correctly. F in Tampa. F in so, um, with that being said, I think we both could see Tom Brady. The odds, in my in my opinion, I think are pretty uh, pretty high. We'll see him back in the NFL. Uh, and uh, yeah, very high. Ooh, I won't bet on it. I don't have like prop bet ready for you to go because I'm like not that degenerative. But don't don't you know? Right. Don't hold me to such a high standard because it'll come back. <laughs> the degenerative nature will come back. So don't you worry. We'll get to it later in the episode. Um, Moving on to other NFL news, how about the Commanders of Washington, or is it the Washington Commanders, and what should we think of this name? I kind of like it, to be honest with you. Kind of like it. Uh, I have to disagree. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think it's a bad name. I just think it's kind of an uninspired one. 
Um, the Commanders. Uh, it's got a great, great tone to it, man. Yeah, it, it, I don't know what you're talking about. I think it's very strong. You know, Commanders. Oh, what a great and what a great football name. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna show up and we're gonna and command, command the field. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna command more more controversy. You know, we're gonna command Dan Snyder to drop <laughs> drop his uh, ownership title. So we're gonna do. Aren't aren't the aren't the best command situations when there's one <clears throat> commander, like like that's like calling your team the captains. I, is it better than Washington football team? Wow, I don't okay. think so. Okay, did you like the uniforms? Uh, okay. I didn't well, see the so I think if you saw the uniforms, it might add to the ante of the name. I like the name. I thought the uniforms were nice. The symbol was cool. It was like a W with like beveled edges and whatnot. Uh, it looked kind of like a millennial designed it, which probably was. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was no mention of Facebook or Twitter around the name or anything like that. Here's the worst part about it. I don't know if you saw this. And I'm not really sure exactly where it was, but it was in like the, I think it was in the, um, uh, the promotional sort of stuff they did for it. But they listed the Super Bowl title years that they won. They were all like in the year that the Super Bowl title was actually won, but not in the NFL season that it was won. <clears throat> so, for example, they won in 90, right? <clears throat> or 91, when they beat Buffalo. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, instead of saying they won the Super Bowl in 91 season, they won in, the 90, in 92, in the year of 1992. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. And really dumb. Strange. And really dumb. Yeah. Like, if anybody who's a football fan knows, it's not, you don't <clears throat> count the Super Bowl when you won it in that literal year, but in and instead, in the year preceding it, the season, that's when you want it. The 91 season, 92 season, not the 92 year. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, no, no, no. The, the Super Bowl played in 1992 is the 1991 Super Bowl. Exactly. And they listed they won the 92 Super Bowl, but it was the 91 season. So it's just a little, like... Uh, nuance of football history, and when they come up with the promotional stuff, it just made the organization kind of look a little more unorganized and dumb. But that's not who the Washington Red, uh, Washington Commanders are. <laughs> uh, that's not who they are. They are commanders. They command attention. They command the spotlight. They command uh, <laughs> integrity and fact. <laughs> so mostly fact. So. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I thought it was actually like the I like the name. Um, I don't really. I just at this point, like thirty-two NFL teams, most of them are bad, so I don't care. And this one sounds at least strong enough for me to hear it on a on a broadcast and television and appreciate it. So, you know, yeah. No, no, I, I, I can't, I can't tear it down that much. I just, I just thought that there were better options are out we, there. Like what though? What were they? They didn't release any of the other ones, did they? They just said like, "Here it is." No, so, no, they didn't. But it's like you know, pick it, pick an animal would be better. What, than what animal are you gonna pick? The shrimp. The the Washington. The, the Washington, Washington Old Bay seasonings. Would be better than the Washington what, what, Commanders. What do you want? What do you want there? <laughs> the sharks. The sharks would be better than. I hate the, it. Uh, I just I hate it. Yeah. The sharks. There's no sharks in Washington. Uh, it's not even, they're not even on a bay, right? Are they? Are they? Are they not? I thought they were on... They well, were on I, I don't... Listen, I don't have a degree in geography, okay? I'm here talking about football. <laughs> we're, 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 we're digressing. 
It's a great name. <clears throat> I hope Ryan Fitzpatrick stays around long enough to be the commander of the beards. And we'll we'll just we'll live with it. That's what we're going to talk about next season. We're going to live with it. So, um, head coaching hires, quite a few of them. Uh, what your favorite one and your least favorite one? Oh well, my favorite one. You know, I, I can't help but be selfish here. My favorite one is uh, the prospective. Sorry, the prospective uh, head coach of the Vikings. Uh, it's all but a done deal. They just can't announce it till after the Super Bowl. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is going to be, you know, the, he's the current offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl Rams. And uh, given what was available, I'm really happy that the Vikings uh, worked out. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I like that call. Here's my favorite hire. Uh, <laughs> um Josh McDaniels in, in Vegas and the GM, um, what do I say? The GM sort of, uh, as well, Dave Ziegler, um, guys are best friends. They both went to John Carroll college. And I think for a team who's needing to rebuild their image and some of their players and getting back to the basics of drafting guys who aren't like speed freaks, um, <laughs> you know, um, I know I'm, I mean that in the sense of Al Davis was a guy who just drafted dudes who ran like four twos, you know? They had. Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you meant they drafted a wide receiver. Oh, and crashed his car. No, you know, 150 miles an hour. Or something. No, no, sir. Ridiculous. No, sir. <laughs> Although I could see the the confusion. <laughs> That's what I thought no, you meant when you no, said speed freak. No, I sorry, like, I know, whoa, and, and I apologize <laughs> if it came off like that. It was, I'm talking strictly about they like Darius Haywood Bays of the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, yeah, I, I see what you're yeah. saying now. They need some guys that have some right. some football talent right. to go along with their right, uh, right. Measurements. And and to, to be honest, Davis's son, uh, God, I mean, uh, just a guy who probably knows hardly anything about the business and was literally handed the franchise on a silver platter. So, Mark Davis and his haircut. I mean, for God's sakes, I hoped I, I hoped Josh McDaniels and <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite things. In oh the NFL. God, it's just this freaking putrid. <laughs> It's so Ugh. bad, it's good. It's like everybody's favorite terrible movie uh, oh, in haircut just form. A, it embodies everything <laughs> disgusting about the the, <laughs> the Raiders from like a, I don't know, just a, a metaphorical standpoint. And I, I just I can't stand his haircut, man. And so, Joshua Daniels, Dave Ziegler, love those hires. What's your least favorite hire? <clears throat> oh, man. Uh I'm not sure I have. Well, let me give you mine. Higher. Maybe you'll resonate with it. Lovey Smith in Houston. Yeah, I mean, I feel like like the uh, you know the the pool of candidates for head coaching is it's such a small world. This this NFL coaching world, um, every, you know, it's it's not. I feel like some of these guys really do deserve second or even third chances at being a head coach because uh, I do think it's a job where you can you can land a job as an NFL head coach, do everything right, and completely fail. Um, I, I do believe that that can happen. So, so it, it is, you know, uh, I, I feel like someone like Lovey Smith gets another shot like this, they're almost on the hot seat right away because uh, of how poorly it worked out for them the last go-around. But, uh, but I, yeah, I mean, it is sort of – I see what you I, – I can see this as somewhat of an yeah. uninspired 
uh, head coaching hiring for a team that really does need it. Or just like an identity, some enthusiasm. But I think Levy Smith is a good like coach yeah. in general. Uh, I think he's a good motivator. Oh, obviously, yeah. or, or yeah. he wouldn't still be around. Uh, and that, that's right. the point I was trying to make earlier. <clears throat> You know, it doesn't work out as a head coach. You land somewhere as a as a coordinator right. or a position coach, and you you prove yourself all over yeah. again. And you get another chance. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's from both sides. I don't think it's very good. You know, as you know, if you take the perspective of the Texans, it's kind of like I said, uninspired. Um, if you happen to be a huge Lovey Smith believer. Uh, he just got one of the worst head coaching Ever. positions imaginable. <laughs> um, so, so there you go. It's 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 almost like either way you look at it, it's kind of hard. Yeah, to get. yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I just I can't help but think like he coached the University of Illinois football team for like four or five years. <clears throat> I don't think they ever got better. They just consistently got worse and worse, and or just stayed the same. Um, I think NFL head coaches that transition to like the college level generally have a pretty big advantage recruiting wise because of their like um, their stature as you know being in the NFL <laughs> and uh, knowing what the NFL system systems want and having those connections and so they draw in a bunch of high school recruits. You know, this guy couldn't do it in, in college. I don't think he was that great in Chicago either. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I think he was good with the Rams in the early 2000s. I think he was fine with Houston last year. It's just, if you're going to hire Lovey Smith, why not just keep David Culley? Uh, it's such a sidestep move, and it really didn't improve at all. And I could be wrong. And maybe Lovey Smith does a great job. You know, prove me wrong. No, no, no. Yeah, we, yeah. we like to analyze right. these things as we see it. But uh, the real interesting thing will be to see yeah. how it does I, work out. Because, um, uh, I mean... Uh, for for the sake of not being a bully, I uh, I really hope that absolutely improve in Yeah, I think you would want to see a, a improvement for the sake of parity across the NFL. You know, um, and and a absolutely. and a franchise that has been god awful, uh, run god awful, but still yet draws sellouts. So obviously there's a there's a fan base there, and there's people who enjoy watching the team and really have uh, a. Um, passion for him but i i just can't help but feel like it's just it's an organization that's fully run and uh, at the end of the day it's like god really <laughs> just keep lovey smith a defensive coordinator assistant coach or whatever has or like assistant head coach and just i don't know keep david cully on or uh, i don't know <laughs> hire somebody else don't make this the situation look worse you know but uh that's what we got that's what we got yeah so anywho like I said, don't hate the coach. I don't even necessarily hate the hire a ton. I just, I hate, I don't like the organization. And we've talked a lot of smack about the Houston organization on this, this podcast before. I've given you, if you go back in the archives, a, like, complete breakdown of their, like, presidents and <laughs> all the crazy stuff that happens there. Mm -hmm. um, I can't help but think that this is just kind of falling in line with, like, uh, just bad ownership and leadership. And it just continues to be that way, you know? And Houston. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, we, we had pretty dire predictions for them at the beginning of the season. Um, however many games they won this year is how, is how many more games they won than I expected them to. Um, so, I mean, that those are victories. But, uh, yeah, here at the end, it's like, yeah, 
it's not as much fun now that the season is over. You just kind of hope that they can you know, put something better on the field. Indeed. Speaking of good things on the field, tell me about your favorite Super Bowl moments. Ooh, you know, uh, there's some good ones, but uh, one that has been on my mind lately because it's, it's a Rams Super Bowl moment was, uh, you know, stopping the Titans on the one-yard line By at who? the end of regulation. Um, Mike Jones. I think of his name. <laughs> Mike Jones. <laughs> Mike Jones, thank you. So that, that's actually uh, a defense I played close attention to that year because they had Grant Wistrom playing defensive end, who was a three-time college national champion at Nebraska because uh, he played four years of football there. They went to three national championships and won. He, he was a beast uh, in college, and he was a real beast on that, uh, that Rams defense. And for that game to be so exciting and come down to the end, but not it didn't come down to a field goal. It came down to an open field tackle. And it was just, it was one of the most exciting moments I've ever uh, saw yeah. in football. So, I'll say, yeah. um, and granted, this is like my, one of my first exposures to football. I mean, uh, seriously watching it and probably being able to coherently uh, recall the, the moment in time and where I was and everything else. Super Bowl 36, Adam Van Terry kicking the game-winning field goal. You know, my, the, the start of uh, a lot of things for a dynasty in New England. And um, just an amazing moment. You're talking right after 9-11. The Patriots win the Super Bowl. Patri- just an amazing moment for the country and in general, uh, the, the Patriots as a, as a whole. And Adam Vinatieri hitting that field goal uh, just before the clock runs out and the drive that Tom Brady led before, throwing the J.R. Redmond three times, getting a ball to Troy Brown, spiking the ball, and then just catching it with one hand. So, some, of the, some moments I'll, I'll always remember. I have goosebumps even talking about now. So... No, and it's, I love that you brought up that one because I, I remember exactly where I was because I wasn't at your typical uh, Super Bowl watch party. I was 17 years old. I was bussing tables at a steakhouse in Salt Lake City, and uh, I didn't get to see most of the game, but everybody in the restaurant wasn't moving when yeah. that field goal was kicked. <laughs> it was it was incredible. amazing. Incredible moment. One of my favorites. Um and I, if I had to give you another one that's tied for a second, uh, um, I don't know. Part of me wants to talk about 28 to 3, but people have heard it a lot in this podcast. So, so <laughs> I'll go with, um, I'll go with um, the, one, the first Super Bowl I can really remember, like I said, full game, uh, Super Bowl 36. But really, I want to say the second one, maybe a little bit less so, was Super Bowl and would have been, let's see, 35, 34, 33, 32. Super Bowl 32, I think which was uh, Denver and Green Bay in uh, 98, and uh, John Elway's spinning helicopter dive into the end zone. Uh, never forget that, man. Never forget that. And then him him walking yeah. off the field, um, and Pat Bolin, the um, late owner of the Denver Broncos, saying, this one's for John. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I always I always love that moment. Right. And, uh, you know, man, that's that's football in a nutshell. It's, it's in NFL films, man. It, you can go back and watch that anywhere on ESPN or YouTube or what have you. And, you know, it's just an amazing moment. So, and there is that. This one is for John. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I don't know why. Oh, uh, God. So, anywho, let's move on to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, what are we at now? 56, sir? 
Wow. Uh, yeah. Jumping ahead 20 years. Oh, boy. <laughs> Showing our age here. What four things uh, should we consider about the Super Bowl? Starting with number one. What do you th- what do you think we should consider about this matchup? Ooh, yeah. The number one thing. Um, um, let's start with four. So, okay. In no particular four. order, I suppose. All right, all right. So something that comes to mind uh, that that I haven't heard discussed a lot, but because um, I, I think these two teams match up pretty well with each other, um, it's a little obvious. A lot of people are saying, uh, you know, the Rams have a little bit stouter of a defense. Um, I, I agree with that. I'm not even sure that how how accurate that is, but uh, to me, there seems to be a slight edge in the Bengals' favor when it comes to their run game. And something like that could manifest in a big way in a game like this. Uh, I, I just think that uh, the, the best backs on the roster are healthier for the Bengals than, the, than they are for the Rams. So um, I know that, that these guys don't do it all by themselves. It's a lot to do with the O-line and setting up play action and things like that. But uh, I, I think that, you know, all these big names and, and superstars that will factor in, it really could come down to someone like Joe Mixon being able to average over four yards a game. Yeah, no question. I like that you start with the Bengals run game, right? Uh, Samaji Ryan, Joe Mixon. Uh, yeah. Did we mention uh, Chris Evans, you know? Uh, a little third down running back that, you know, there always seems to be some sort of impact of those third down running backs every Super Bowl and their ability to catch a, a clutch ball or sort of be there for the right play at the right time. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think uh, the Rams Absolutely. are vulnerable and not very deep up front, regardless if they have Aaron Donald or not. If you watch the Super Bowl, it would have been, let's see, three years ago, New England tore uh, the, the Rams up on the grounds. Despite the, the score being 13-3, Sonny Michelle had a great game. Great playoffs, probably one of the best running running playoffs of all time. Uh, but nonetheless, if Bengals are going to win this game, it's going to be decided by their running backs. I mean, I think that's a fair sort of um, that's a really that's a really good point to break down. Number three, yeah, right, right. Well, I'm not partial you. at all. I don't know you. <laughs> Number three, what is the third thing we should keep an eye on in this matchup, or what do you think will be pivotal in this matchup? So I, I think a big deal here is going to be which, which offense is able to exploit the weak cornerback best. You know, J- Jalen Ramsey can only cover one guy at a time. Um, uh, I can't. can't yeah, uh, Chidobe Awuzie would be there. Yeah. But yeah, Mike Hilton. There you go. There you go. Who, I, I heard something interesting. Awuzie... Uh, I think promised to take a bath in Chile oh. if the Bengals win. You wouldn't get it. It's a Cincinnati thing. Yeah, it's a Cincinnati thing. Okay. There are <laughs> listeners that are confused. Um, they're they're very proud of their chili in Cincy. Um, I look at Cincinnati so. and think, uh, but anyways, you know, so Chidobe Wuzier, highly rated in PFF, you know, Mike Hilton, good block have, corner, have Jesse two, Bates, one of the best safeties uh, in the game. Um, I think I'm missing somebody out well. here too. 
And so right. I think Corner. it really is going to come he, down to in that secondary. I think, which, I think you might write that. Offense. Well, what about Mike? and specifically the, the Hughes? Or is he in KC uh, for him can, uh, in a little while? Um, however, I, I just wonder like they got to they got to feature Odell Beckham Jr. as much as they can, and how is that going to happen? You know, it's going to be. Sindeo? Right. I think it is. Right. Right, right. Uh, definitely agree about that. Number two. Yeah, I think uh, I think Odell's got to he's got to step up, and he might not even have what on paper looks like a big game, but uh, if he does his part, he's going to draw a lot of coverage, and when the time comes, he just I mean, for all I know, he could have a big game with eight catches, but that's not the way I see it. The way I see it is it might come down to one or two. OBJ targets and he needs to be clutch in those moments and the way he's playing right now I think he will be um, so that's that in my opinion is how he makes a big impact is to capitalize on the few opportunities he gets when he gets them number two Well, you know, I, I I mean, I would, uh, so number one and number two are going to be tough. I, okay, I'm going to go ahead and put uh, the Rams D-line at number two. Um, this, uh, no, nothing against what uh, the Bengals front four have been able to accomplish. <laughs> They're certainly good at what they do, but... The, the Rams front four, wow. Um, it's just... It's, it's, Excuse me. Um, great call. I think if it ends up like the Tennessee game, um, <coughs> where Joe Burrow was sacked, what, nine times? Standing up to them for an entire one mm. half of football. Ain't going to be a game. game. <laughs> um, um, but, so, you know, Cincinnati's ability to keep everything think, close and always be in the game because of Joe Burrow and all their I offensive think, sort of weapons and whatnot uh, because the, uh, if you look back, the they're down to Vegas, to right? They're losing the KC in the AFC Championship game. In between, who are they playing in the divisional round? Showing my age once again here. Right, It's been a long season, folks. Will be... In my opinion, uh, one of the biggest. Right, of the I know it's hard, so hard to remember all these matchups. Playing Tennessee, I just said their name. Three Tennessee, um, been down all these games and came back and won. Um, I think momentum. Pressures. And not only that, but their ability to do so. If Joe Burrow gets sacked uh, nine times, it's going to be the, the impossible, you know. And if he gets harassed as much as he did against Tennessee and a few other games earlier in the season, 
often. I think Cincinnati's gonna have a really hard time to make beating you know, LA. To, to um, really I mean, you can look at some of these sorts of uh, some of these games that they might be back on the season. They they lost against the 49ers. Uh, that was the gate, but get to Joe Burrow. Sacked him five times. You know, kept him off balance. Didn't let him complete a lot of passes. Granted, he had some big completions right. to um, uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Joe Mixon got stopped on the ground, and the defensive line just took over. And that was against the 49ers. I think if Los Angeles, I want to call them St. Louis, because <laughs> I want to, because we're just talking about nostalgic football, um, controls that line of scrimmage like you just mentioned. Uh, Aaron Donald has a big game. Von Miller, you know, he's Von Miller in big games, which he has done in the past, especially in uh, Super Bowl 50. He was amazing, you know, against uh, Cam a, Newton. And that's a guy who's 6'6", 250, and very hard to wrap up. And Von Miller treated him like a, like a rag doll. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I would hope to expect if LA's going to win this game. Um, and I think we can both agree upon number one, the, the the one thing to watch in this game are the quarterbacks, right? Whoa. Okay. Not even in the top four. Not even in the top four. Yeah, I I think he got the I think he got the the Super Bowl MVP that year. It was absolutely dominant performance. I that's not what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about I that. And certainly so. McPherson's my, proved to be a my a huge factor in all these games. His, his leg is just, uh, well, it's very consistent. Like he can hit it from basically anywhere on the field. Season, we've seen huge in winning of these games. In the postseason. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Special teams. Yeah. yeah. Place kicking, field goals. Uh, I think it's going to be absolutely huge. Um, uh, McPherson, for one, is 12 for 12, which I think is a record for a single postseason. Uh, and he now ties an all-time record with three postseason games with at least four field goals. Um, right, and you can tell Kansas City that. Record he now shares with <laughs> Imagine if they kicked the field goal at the end of the half, uh, first uh, half instead of going for a touchdown I mean, and uh, I, I just running think it's been the inexplicable Tyreek Hill screen pass. This year, uh, oy, this oy vey. If they got in a field goal there, it's also a 24-10 game, you have a little more, more, more momentum. Heading into halftime, come out. Um, maybe Cincinnati still scores, but at least it's a touchdown lead, and maybe they end up winning that game. Um, Evan McPherson's a, he's a he's a baller. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Adam Vinatieri in Super Bowl thirty six, and uh, that year in two thousand one, um, could very well see him being a big factor in this game if it stays close. 
Uh, it, by the way, before we get to it, uh, the line's only three really and a half. It's very much going to be a close game. As well. Um, um, and you, you talk and about I don't think it will start out that way, but I think Cincinnati will fight their way back into uh, this game and sort of be uh, competitive the as they always have, as they have been this entire postseason. But I'll tell you what, I'll go one B with you here. If you're not going to agree with me that the quarterbacks are a big deal, I'm going to have to agree to disagree. I think, I think Joe Burrow, man. I mean, how can he not be a big factor? It's not even if he doesn't play up to his standard as he. I think we've. Can all agree? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I think his his play's been a little overrated. Um, I don't know. I think that I don't think it's his play necessarily as much as it is his presence, right? And his leadership and his confidence and the way that affects the whole team and his swagger. Um, I, I think it's the same sort of Tom Brady effect. Not that he's Tom Brady. Nobody is goat. Um, but that he, <laughs> but that the fact that he brings a, a sense of calmness and integrity to the to the Cincinnati Bengals they've never had and that's why they're in the Super Bowl and so I think that's a big deal Matt Stafford great quarterback um seeing what happens at the end of the games almost every single game this postseason he's kind of pooped a little bit (laughs) um hasn't been very clutch and he started out great I don't know how that's going to affect him in this game um yeah, I would like to see the. I like to see how he's going to prepare for the Super Bowl given two weeks and how McVay comes out. You know, the first twenty-five plays are going to be scripted because that's like a Shanahan offense. <laughs> so, like after that happens, then what? And then what? What was what Stafford going to do then? Is he one of those guys who's a good quarterback who's elevated with great coaching and a good team, or is he a great quarterback who can win a game, you know, on his own and and be the number one overall pick he was destined to be, and be the guy who can go in there and arguably take on Joe Cool, you know? Quite the uh, quite the stat there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> How could you? No, I, I, I love that you mentioned the number one overall pick. Um, I saw something interesting about this Super Bowl. Um, Joe Burrow is is going to be the fastest number one overall pick to make it Indeed. to the Super Bowl. Indeed. That's ever. what they say. They play the game. And they play to win Matthew the game. Right? <laughs> On a Sunday. Any given Sunday. So, one uh, how many more <laughs> movie references or football references are in here? I don't know. You know. Never make it to a um, yeah, what's your, um, well, let's just get down to it. It's a three and a half point favorite over under 48 and a half. Um, 
Rams gonna be wearing the white uniforms. White, yeah. I, I, not that that really. Ma- it sounds like it matters, yeah. but uh, if you know anything about Super Bowl history, I think but, the uh, the no, white team I, or the white team uniforms have won something like seven or eight Super Bowls in a row, um, something like that. Joe Burrow. So how, I don't know if that's there's some voodoo there, about like <laughs> or some some uh, uh, spiritual energy myself, that makes that happen. Listeners that have been fans of the league a long time, you almost need to have been a fan. Well, that would be certainly paradoxical. Really that's that's like a uh, Twilight Zone thing, you know. Uh, um, and it's it's really great. Well, I'm, I'm you know, you just you just guys, um, you made me want uh, Rod really Serling in a hologram uh, smoking a cigarette game. outside the Super Bowl and, and uh, introducing it. You know, <laughs> you know the game's on NBC. I need it on CBS right now, for, just for that to happen. Um, yeah, what's your prediction here, sir? What do you think? Give me your breakdown, not play by play. We'd be here all night. But yeah, your uh, your prediction? <laughs> yeah, uh, John Madden shows up in a hologram, and yeah, turn, which actually might happen. Yeah. Oh, wow. Or is it, uh, is, it, is it bad luck to wear the away uniform at home? Right, because, I mean, the, the Rams are the home team. I'm gonna go over too. Um, I like your, I like that idea. I, I just kind of look at that 26-23 game with <laughs> so, San Francisco earlier I in think, the year. Uh, I, the I, Bengals I, win the no, it's two different teams. I do kick. think that <clears throat> uh, LA is kind of built similarly, and that's why they were playing in the you know, NFC Championship uh, no, game uh, you know, I, uh, a couple I do, weeks ago. Uh, it seems like a whole year ago. I do need to take um, the that was a 2017 game with that, LA uh, really coming back, coming back at the end to win that game, and I feel like. You know, LA will kind of spread. come out. I'm It'll be close in the first half. This is a game uh, but not all points won't get scored. I agree completely, right to too. I think it will take a little while for these um, offenses to kind of work it, their way it in. It shouldn't be a surprise. Um, it won't happen until really like the, the scripted play so calling uh, ceases. Uh, and McVeigh's uh, really good at just when that, when things aren't going well, to start finding some long shots over the middle to keep the cup. Finding some little um, like plays where you get a lot of people in motion so, and yeah, some stretch and some cover. inside zone runs. Uh, so over under. I'll say Rams take the uh, over. I think Bengals to cover. I think it's Cooper Cup makes a big play at the I end, sets up a field goal, and be a lot um, that'll be the deciding factor. And something happens half. to Joe Burrow at the end. Um, um, but when it's all, it's not their time. I, I do have to take the over. It's not their time, pal. It just isn't. It just isn't, and I, you know, I think LA's. Uh, primed and destined to win this, considering all the moves they've made, and uh, I think McVay's had his, you know, chops in Super Bowl against Belichick and learned a lot from that experience. Um, I still have some doubts in terms of his his preparedness at the end of the game. When, like I said, um, you know, and we've seen some really ugly things happen. But last week or two weeks ago, maybe really hope that things are changing for the better in terms of his end of the game. Uh, sort of procedures, and Stafford is going to be playing better when he needs to. So, 
Yeah, take LA Rams. And uh, my prop bets for the game, folks, Cooper Cup, uh, six catches, 100 yards, over. Over that, I think he's actually going to have a big game, considering. Uh, I think Joe Mixon's at 68 yards. I'll take an over on that one, too. And uh, I think I saw Matt Stafford at 250 and two touchdowns. I don't know about the two touchdowns, but I'll take a 250. So those are my props to watch, if you will. What do you think, Trev? <laughs> okay, good job. Sound like me in the early days of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's sort of a matchup that uh, I don't know if anybody predicted oh, <laughs> before the season. If you did, you're probably doing okay right now in the pocket. Um, I think most no. people probably predicted the Rams, but the Bengals. <laughs> right. Um, what's so, up with that? So I, I, yeah. We're both taking the Rams. Yeah, what's um, up with that? In a close um, one. It's a team that's been on and, meteoric uh, rise. It happened very you know, quickly. I just, uh, Burrow's a big big part of that, and just the swagger and the confidence. It is that my entire honest team opinion, and their ability man, to just come playing the clutch. Yeah. Team that's built Not really well. I hope to see them right in, in the I mean, Super Bowl it's, it's in the in the future. I just don't have any faith in the organization watch, uh, <laughs> that that will continue. So um, I don't know. Part of me feels so, like they're going to ruin Joe Burrow. I'm not the Bengals. They're going to ruin him. So I could be wrong. But you know the Browns. Unless you're not the Browns team, but the Browns, the leadership there, the ownership is just. If you love football, well, it's just you really. We said a lot of things about the Vegas Raiders. It's right up there too. Game, and that's what I'm really looking forward to in this Super Bowl. I think we're going to get an amazing game that uh, very little chance of me being disappointed when it's all over. Uh, so I, I, hope, uh, I hope a lot of our listeners feel the same way. This, this, this Super Bowl is exciting. What's up with that? Man, well, the, so if you want to, if you want to talk about the Bengals' future, man, it it is uh, it's an 
real interesting situation in their division. Indeed, Captain indeed, Iowa. a team that is set up for the future uh, it, it in many looked, ways, you know, many high draft picks. Year, Many good draft picks. A lot of us thought that um, uh, the Browns just smart decision the, making. The uh, I'm not sure who the GM there. is there, maybe but the, just smart decision making in a lot of fronts. Uh, easy picks, though, uh, nonetheless. I mean, but that's that is the, that's how the news rolls here. You know, like uh, you can make the easy picks and their home runs, and of course you look like genius. You know, uh, Jamar Chase. By God, you know, I think we were. Wondering why that, that pick was uh, so taken just, uh, early on, and, and considering that Penny Sewell, you know, the, the, the Sean right there to take uh, the offensive line. Not that we're completely uh, incorrect. Ravens we'll see how the future holds for the offensive you know, line for Burrow moving forward, so and if he's, he's going to die <laughs> from all the hits. But I think obviously um, matching him up with Jamar so Chase, and he's been a home run. He's been a he's just been lights out. This is sort of Randy Moss sort of impact, you know, on the team in terms of their offensive production, and him just being more comfortable and being more confident really interesting. and continue to show so that swagger knowing he's got everything he really needs to succeed to um, to yeah man if the looking forward to this game do you have any halftime predictions I don't even know who's playing wow. it's like Mary J. Blige and Snoop Dogg and like I think a whole bunch of other 90s yeah yeah right over under <laughs> yeah <I'm>, oh yeah <laughs> Right, right. Over under forty five minutes that, that that show goes for. <clears throat> oh God, don't we all? <laughs> I agree. Uh, we'll see if it does. I, I thought, uh, you know, I, I thought the same thing a few years ago when. Uh, Maroon 5 was up there, but, uh, boy, that I feel like that went forever. <laughs> that only went for probably about 10 minutes. So, you know, let's, let's hope it's a merciful, merciful uh, quick ending. So, um, any commercial predictions? You mean halftime show predictions? <laughs> I was about to tell you stuff. I thought would have a lead stuff, at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no. Good lord. Uh, okay, well, well, folks, that um, is I our mean, last I, I analysis of the, the NFL season show coming up. Um, uh, a lot of other things on the horizon. The we'll see what they are. Uh, of course, next week you'll catch us um, on here. But, recapping uh, the Super Bowl, looking forward to the offseason and wondering just who could change places, new faces, old faces, new places, if you will. And um, you can always find us on Instagram at Football and General Podcast. I'm at Bobby Line Instagram. Trevor is at, at Trev Geodude on Instagram. Any <laughs> other things you want to mention to our viewers about the game before? It's their listeners, not viewers. Unless you are watching us somehow. Um you well, know, uh, that might charge. I might have to charge you for that. The last that that's that's that's, that's getting billed to somebody. I, so anyway, any any uh, I can't even anything left to, to, to say really before you before we head the off? Last couple of uh, uh, Tide detergent ads. Um, so I'll be interested to see if they can, you know, be as as clever and hilarious as they were the last couple of years. Um, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Watch out for that Tide commercial. Um. <laughs> Wise words. Figure it out. Yeah. In uh, quotes. <clears throat> um, yes, yes. Folks, it's the Super Bowl. It's a year of COVID, as it has been for a while. However, the, the stadium will be packed. Um, it's going to be at SoFi. It's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be a spectacle to see. Park your ass on the couch. Find some wings. Find some people. It's all you need to do. And if you don't know people, hire some people. Buy them out. Find some holograms. I don't know. I'm into the hologram thing, okay? I think it's a big thing on the horizon. So do yourself a favor and watch this game. You, you, you won't regret it. <laughs> and keep listening to us. You won't regret that either. Till next week, we're out. Uh, just that, you know, it's, uh, it's Thursday night as we're recording this, you know, hopefully you're listening to this on a Friday. Um, do not miss the super, you guys got to start planning now for where you're going to be and, and, and who you're going to be with, because you do not want to be scrambling on Saturday night. Okay. So figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs>